What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Offseason. Ethan, this is one probably that people have been waiting for for a little bit. I know we've already done some position breakdowns individually before the offseason to set the stage for things, Ethan. But now we've got that stage. We've got some guys on the roster. You know, I, I, I feel like at this point, I'd be surprised if there are any other moves that the Spurs made Um, but still even at that point it would kind of just be a redundancy of what's already happened in the sense where we had to cut Lamar Stevens to bring in campaign I feel like it would have to be a situation where it's just another kind of trade like that where we can help facilitate and then bring in somebody that we think you know would be better for our roster than somebody we already have on it Mm -hmm. um which I, I think that that's pretty much done at this point. It kind of feels like, you know, we kind of alluded to it the last episode. We're kind of in the dog days of NBA summer, if you will, um, whenever it comes to the news cycle. So it seems like we we got everything squared away for training camp. Of course, there's always that possibility that something else could happen, Ethan. But for the most part, we, we got a good idea of the roster. And today, we're going to break it down. So before we get into it position by position, just give me your overall thoughts kind of on this offseason uh, you know, the acquisitions we made, the draft, just everything. I feel like holistically we had a really, really solid offseason, Jude. And it wasn't box office. It wasn't big-time ESPN splash-worthy, other than, of course, Victor Wimbanyama being the number one overall pick, that aside. Um, but all the role players we managed to kind of acquire, not in free agency, but through these little trades where, we, like you said, we we're kind of the third team that was able to kind of help facilitate things money-wise. We ended up with guys like Reggie Bullock. Cameron Payne, Chetty Osman. These are all very quality role players that on any other given year would be really solid pickups in free agency. You know, really the guys that can help your team win. So we were able to get them. They're also a veteran presence to kind of put around our young core, add the number one overall pick to a team that last year was pretty solid. It was just kind of injury plagued. So we weren't really able to see what it was at its full power. It, it's an exciting offseason for sure. I'm excited to see what they could do come preseason time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, like you said, you know, there's not like necessarily a blockbuster trade there or a blockbuster Mm -hmm. of the summer other than getting Victor Wembenyama, who was the blockbuster of the summer. Um, But all of those guys are at least at the worst going to be guys that that push people on Mm -hmm. our roster in training camp, you know. Um, and, and a lot of them will, will most likely make the team. So for any of you guys who, who haven't been watching our channel, or maybe you've tuned out for a little bit, the guys that the Spurs have acquired are as follows as we head over to real GM here, shout out to them. Um, and that is of course, Shetty Osman, as you mentioned, Reggie Bullock, and then campaign, um, Lamar Stevens was a part of that as well. But as I mentioned, you know, he was someone who got cut. Um, but then there's also been two other contracts that were signed this offseason, a four-year deal with Julian Champagny um, and a four-year deal with Charles Bassey as well. I believe the Bassey deal, now that I think about it, might have been during the season. So I think I was mistaken there by saying that was in the offseason. I think that was a little bit before the season ended. Um, but for Champagny, um, he was a contract that was signed this offseason. And then, like we said, the other guys that we brought in. So here's what real GM has our depth chart at. Obviously, that's going to be a little bit different. And and also, don't want to forget the addition of Serge Abari Rice as well. He'll obviously be on a two-way, but that that is another addition that the Spurs made in in that realm. Um, I guess I I just said realm. 
he's not really in that realm. He's just, it, whenever it comes to realm of player, but he's in that realm when it comes to off-season signings. That's all I was trying to say. Um, but let's jump straight into point guards here, Ethan. We'll go ahead and back off of that. Just wanted to give people an idea of kind of who was on the team. So obviously, Trey Jones, campaign, Blake Wesley. Tell me, tell me what you think. What are your thoughts on who potentially, you know, what the order of that could be. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk on Twitter. Even last episode, we kind of alluded to how um, there are people on Twitter that were even suggesting him starting. So, so give me your thoughts on the point guard position. I love Cameron Payne. I think he's an excellent veteran point guard, something that we've been talking about the Spurs needing for pretty much two seasons now at this point. I still think he'd be the backup point behind Trey Jones. Trey Jones took another big leap last year as a scorer, as a facilitator, really as a defender. Um, there were rooms for improvement. Obviously, we talk about his three-point shooting, maybe consistent finishing, t- strong finishing around the rim, especially with the left hand. But overall, a really solid point guard. I expect him to take another leap, especially chemistry-wise with all the other players on our team. And he fits the age profile of the squad. So having campaign be that veteran presence off the bench to be a steady hand and kind of help Malachi find his way and, and the rest of the young guys, Julian, um, alongside Doug McDermott, who's another savvy veteran. I think that'd be a dangerous bench unit. And then I think Blake Wesley, unfortunately for some of us that are big fans of his, will see, still see time in Austin. I think it was evident that he hasn't grown as much as maybe we would have liked during the summer league. He wasn't necessarily bad, but you would have wanted him as a, a first-round pick last year to kind of really show up and show out, kind of like how Malachi showed up and showed out, and Julian Champagny, who was undrafted. So because of that, I think he'll still be that third-string point guard. But you did forget to mention one gentleman who might not play that much, but Devontae Graham's technically a point yes, guard on the you're roster. you're right. You're right. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> He's a shot chucker. He might play kind of one or two. Like, we saw him play both positions last year, even sometimes next to Trey, which was a really undersized backcourt. Um, but I see his playtime going down a little bit, especially with the addition of Cameron Payne. And honestly, if push came to shove, let's say Campaign and Trey Jones were kind of injured, I would – probably give Blake more play time over Devontae only because I would, they, they both have their deficiencies and I'd like to throw Blake at the fire over Devontae Graham, if that were the choice. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that would be an interesting prospect. I think my question is Ethan, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because I did forget Devontae Graham is a lot of these guys, you know, that we'll be talking about today. Um, at least like, you know, three of them will be mm-hmm. cut. Um, yeah. I believe because you you have 18 guys on your roster now, including two ways. Um, three of those will be two ways um, on top of your 15 guys, you know, your three at each position, you know, well, I, sometimes people do other positions, but just, you know, for, for conversational pur- purposes, three at each position uh, and then your, your two way guys. Um, so yeah, th- but going back to the point guards though, Ethan, um, I think for me, I mean, obviously you, you covered most of it. Um, the question is, is, is there really, I think for me is, is there a chance campaign starts? Um, I would say, I would think initially, no, just because of the way that the Spurs do things. Um, and you know, I've talked about this before. It also depends on what happens with the point guard position. Maybe there is a world, um, where, where Jeremy Sohan is the starting point guard. Um, 
where like I we've mentioned in other episodes and I'll say it again too as much as I've kind of tooted that horn as the off season has continued I've just kind of I've had a little internal reminder of myself just like how many times we've done this Ethan and how many times like not to necessarily like we weren't even really off last time we just had KBD starting instead of Jeremy Sohan but the year prior I think we might have gone a little bit more out there obviously that was a, a different circumstance but it just seems like for as much as we speculate on what the lineups are going to be, um, when you add a player like Victor, it's just like, I, first of all, it's already hard to predict pop. And when you have somebody like that coming in, um, it just almost makes it more of a crapshoot. And maybe, you know, we we end up being right on the money. Um, but my my confidence in just me knowing or being for certain about anything rotationally um has just kind of decreased as we've continued to be back in the off season. I think it's just kind of because as time progresses, you know, like you kind of get a little bit of an internal reminder, like now that all the hype's done, it's like, you can kind of come back to reality a little bit. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of why I've, why I'm a little bit more, maybe there is a chance that like campaign gets in the starting lineup just because he has that veteran experience, you know, obviously Trey has a lot of experience, you know, but he doesn't have the reps in playoff games or, you know, on the team that campaign has. And, and also maybe pops just like campaign can run the offense, you know, similarly to Trey and we'd like it. We think Trey would fit better with the backup unit. You know, maybe, maybe we think, we think Trey's ceiling is going to be a six man anyway, Let's, you know, campaign is the placeholder for this season. And now we can kind of move him to that role so that he can just, you know, kind of be more entrenched in it if that's how they view him moving forward. Um, yeah, obviously diving deep, but that's why we're, we're calling this a, a roster breakdown. Um, there's just a lot of different possibilities that that could potentially happen there. And I know I could go in every position and say that, um, but I think that really is like a realistic conversation that could be had by the Spurs. But it could ultimately be we want a little bit of campaign scoring juice off the bench more. Trey knows the system. We'll roll with him at the at the starting. Or maybe I'm wrong on both, and it's Jeremy at the, the starting point guard because they want everybody, you know, the most talent in that starting lineup. And Pop really was being you know very blunt in the press conference last year when he said that you know it's saying that mm -hmm. jeremy is a point guard um what are what are kind of your thoughts on on what i said there they're all possibilities and i don't have anything to sway you in one way or the other jude <laughs> because like you said popovich is just a, a conundrum and he will decide on a whim it feels like what he wants to do obviously it's not on a whim he's the most the smartest winningest coach of all time um but as far as jeremy playing at point guard i i Every day I, I think of that less and less as a possibility yeah. only because I feel like it would be – I feel like you need a natural point guard with Wemby, at least at first. Yeah. No, I agree. That That's transition. why I'm talking about this more. As much yeah. as I've pushed that, and I still like that, really, Me like too. I feel like that has the highest potential, like just for, for a lineup. And and we may still see that, but is that going to be the starting lineup? Like Like you said, I've kind of been on that same train. Yeah, and as far as campaign starting, I have no problem with that. The, the the most profound point that you made in my eyes is that Trey Jones is the future six-man backup point guard. Like, that's what we see his ceiling as being, so why not just make that a thing now? Like, that's a, that's a really good point and something that I did not think about and let campaign be that placeholder. I have no argument against that point, other than that Trey has good chemistry with the starters. But if it's inevitable, right. it's inevitable. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, there's still going to be an adjustment for Victor, you know, as we saw in the summer league games, but at the same time, you know, adding him to the roster makes it a little bit easier to move around the rest of your pieces. You know yep. what I'm saying when you, when you, sure. know you have him on the court. Um, and, and so the other thing that I just want to hit on there to, to end before we go on to shooting guards, Ethan, is like, like you were saying, like how it is a lot of possibilities, but like it's it's like a real like that's a realistic conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's the only one that has. I mean, say what you will about DeAndre Ayton. He's the only one that has real experience with like a big that is just like a, a real a former number league. one pick big. Yeah, yeah, and he has good chemistry with big, especially in pick and roll situations. That was like where he shined in Phoenix's offense last year. Yeah, and and as much as DeAndre Ayton isn't going to be as much of a three point shooter, isn't as much of a three point shooter as Wemby will be, um, mm-hmm. the pick and pop in the mid range is something we saw in the summer league that got him going, and that's still something that the point is that's that's the play that pops out in my mind when I think about campaign and pick and pops with the Suns. And and that's definitely something that can translate um to, to Wembenyama, hopefully. At least at the at the worst, like you said, he has experience there. Yes. Um so I mean I guess the other takeaway from this when it comes to Devontae Graham is is as we've mentioned in other videos, uh when it comes to cuts, he is pro- he's gonna have to prove himself in 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 training camp. Um but at the same time, he was a part of that group that traveled with the team mm-hmm. to Las Vegas with Wembenyama. So, I mean, with the Spurs, Ethan, as much as we just did that whole segment on campaign, I really could see a world where Devontae Graham beats him out. I don't think that that's going to happen. I know that sounds crazy. Like when it comes to just what we've seen on the court, I understand objectively everything points to campaign. But when it comes to the Spurs and how they run things, yeah. like there, I could the five percent chance that that happens, you know, still lives in my brain just with with the context surrounding him. Now, granted, yeah. he also had the DWI, so maybe you know he was just there for some promo, and you know was on the team right then was like, I'll go with y'all. Yeah. Um, but also, there was a, a team get together where Wembenyama stayed back and practiced with everybody uh, instead of competing in the California Classic. So. It, you don't want to read too much into social media, but that is the one like Spurs thing, honestly, in the past, like probably like since like DeJounte going to work out with Kawhi in San Diego. Do you remember that way back in the day? Mm -hmm. Like that's probably the biggest like social media, like something that appears on social media that was a real event that you can actually take some, take something away from in Spurs world because they didn't keep, they kept him back to get reps with the guys and get advice from everybody who'd been in the league for a while. So there was a reason that they had that specific group around him. I don't want to give light to unfounded um, perspective, uh, like unfounded stories or narratives. Yeah. But another thing to keep in mind is campaign is like the only guy that we've brought in that hasn't acknowledged the Spurs pretty much in any way, to my knowledge. And I don't know if really? you've seen anything, but I've checked his Instagram and his Twitter and everything, and there's like no, you would almost not even know that he was traded. And um, that could be maybe maybe he doesn't even want to play for us. That's what I'm saying. That could be <laughs> yeah, more likely you know. than him being beat out by the Devonte. He's just like, I don't want to be here. Cut me. Let me go to. And, and it's a six million dollar expiring contract. So as much as that placeholder role works perfect, he's been on a contender. He's 28. He's in his prime. 
you know, he might want to go be the backup point guard for the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just because like, or I say the Clippers or, you know, whatever team has a chance at contending, you know, maybe, maybe the heat, maybe he wants to go sign with the minimum with the heat. They just lost, uh, Gabe Gabe Vincent. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of potential suitors for that for sure. And it's not like taking a minimum this year would have i mean he was only going to make six million i mean i say only obviously all of that money is incredible but when we're talking about nba players um you know the the this would be the year to go get the minimum because you weren't you know and then maybe try to make more next off season because you're only going to make six million this year anyway yeah i mean it's a possibility i don't want to put words into his mouth because hopefully he's like super pumped and he's just not a social media guy but you never know that's a very good point, you know, and that wasn't something that I had seen yet, Ethan. And when you talk about, like I said, you know, I was talking about that get together, you can take something away from that. This is another thing where I would say, you know, I would just watch that because that could be an indicator that he wants to buy out. But that's, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know you could really get that nitty gritty into the into the point guard seat that obviously this is the name of the episode, but still, like, yeah, I, that was a lot. I wasn't anticipating getting that in the weeds, but that's what we're here for. Let's move on to the shooting guards, Ethan, just to remind everybody that's Devin Vassell, Malachi Branham, and Serge Abari Rice. And if you want to throw maybe a, a Shetty Osman or a Reggie Bullock in there as well, or Bullock, excuse me. Um, I realize I've been saying his name like that. I don't know why I was putting so much emphasis on the Ock at the end, but Bullock. For whatever reason, it, that's what. It, yeah, because he's well, he's not even. I was gonna say because he's on the block. I was like, he's not even, not even a post player. So, anyways, <laughs> that's besides the point. The point is, is that a combination of Serge Ibari Rice, Reggie Bullock, or Shetty Osman could slide into that backup two role. We don't know exactly who's that. That could or the the third string two. That could even be Champagny. Um, this just kind of ties into the versatility of our team and the guys we're bringing in who can kind of switch two through four. Um, you know, some of them are more three, two, um, but still for the most part, just versatility and switches in the two through four position. Um, so yeah, we've talked about Devin Vassell. We've talked about Malachi Branham. Um, really that leaves Serge Abari Rice. Um, this is what I will say, Ethan, as we don't really have much to talk about with the shooting guards is that out of all the positions this year, this is probably the one that's the most set. Yeah. I, I, that's why I'm not too worried about the third or fourth or where do we play Chetty? Is he a two or Reggie? Is he a two? Because I think the, the, the starter and the backup are firm. It's Devin Vassell and Malachi Branham. And then Serge Jabari is a two way. But so if one of those other guys wants to play backup too, I think Reggie would probably fit more than Chetty. Um, but yeah, there's not much to go on there. I mean, that's pretty much that's, that's the set rotation for our shooting guards. Right. Yeah. Unless there's an injury like, you know, and then, like I said, the third string, it's kind of just going to be one of one of Champagne, Shetty yeah. or, or Reggie. So even um, Devante. <laughs> right. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, they they even had Blake listed here. I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, you never if the injuries get real rough, Blake six yeah. four and can play the two as well. Um so that's really all that we can dive into whenever it comes to the twos. <laughs> I mean, who will play yeah. if it's injured? Because Devin and Malachi have it pretty locked down. And uh, if you want to get any more information on that and you want to you know, get our thoughts on, on Devin and Malachi, go check out our shooting guards position breakdown that we did before the summer um, to just kind of hear our thoughts on how they progress this season and what their potential is uh, moving into next year. But before we move on, Ethan, there's something that I totally forgot to mention 
uh, at the start of the show, which was something new that we've been doing. So for those of you who listen on podcast form, you probably hear our ad read that pops up, you know, about halfway through the episode every time talking about Spotify for podcasters, which is our sponsor. Shout out to them. Um, here is our ad read for just us. And mm. that is our new merch site, Ethan, our new oh, merch okay. site. Yeah, that, that, there you go. There you go. Uh, here's the QR code. If you want to go get a T-shirt, a hoodie, a hat, we saw our first two purchases were made earlier today. So we want to give a shout out to whichever one of you awesome people went and bought that. Um, I tried to keep, you know, that the prices are high right now with everything. So we, I kept it at just the baseline price that they gave us, which is about, you know, as cheap as it can be. Basically, like if I hiked it up a little bit, me and Ethan could make a little bit more. So it's not a crazy amount that we're earning, kind of keeping it at where it at. Not not that that matters. The point that I'm trying to get across here is we're not we're not trying to, you know, raise the prices on you people. You know what I mean? Just for mm-hmm. the moolah. We're, we're trying to just give some some gear so you can support the show and also get a cool shirt that you like as well. There's also some trucker hats um, and, and a lot of different options. We've got a white version and a black logo um, as well. Of course, with the Fiesta, a San Antonio Spurs podcast under everything. I mean, there's there's tons of stuff on there. You can even get a dog bandana, get a bandana for yourself. There's even a little teddy bear if you want to get that just to have in your room as a little, you know, collectible or something. Me and Ethan will probably eventually end up getting something and, and wear it on air. But there's there's a lot of different stuff on there. There's like 20 plus different products. I didn't, you know, do everything that they offered just because this is our first kind of merch release and didn't want to like overwhelm you guys. But there's a lot of different options, t-shirts, sweaters, hats, um, accessories. Yes. Cups, mugs, stickers, bumper stickers, all that good stuff. So, um, lots of different options to support the show. So if you feel so inclined and, and, and want some SSPN gear, go check that out. We appreciate y'all. But back to the show, Ethan, let's go into these small forwards, Mm. which you could say is probably like the biggest position on the roster. If you wanted to include the other three dudes that we just mentioned, you know, who could potentially be the third straight guy. Those those guys would fall into this category as well. But it starts off with Keldon Johnson and Doug McDermott, Ethan. Tell me your thoughts on those guys. I love both of them. I'm a known Doug McDermott lifer. I want him to remain on the team until he retires. And Keldon Johnson is is my boy. I've been a fan of his since we drafted him. I have his jersey. I wear it all the time. I think he gets a bad rap for no reason. Don't understand it. He averaged 22 a game last year. He's 6'5". It's he is a Bad bully. efficient statistics on NBA University on a bad team. That's totally skewed. Anyways. Yeah, it's completely skewed. I mean, he was the only guy that played like most nights. You can't. Anyway, I won't go into that. If, if you watched the games and you were a consistent fan <laughs> last season, you noticed Keldon Johnson's impact, the importance of his play offensively, and the importance of his leadership on and off the court. The dude has really molded himself into the leader of this team. I'm extremely proud of what he's been able to become, um, and I have very high hopes for him moving forward. I think he's a key piece long-term. I don't think he's a tradable asset I don't think he's the highest paid player on the team for a reason. Yes, exactly. You can't take him for granted. I I do think he should start next season. I'm going to, I'm going to die on that, that ledge. I think he should start next season. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't want Sohan to not start. 
but I think if I had to choose, it, it's, you know, and other, you know, people, there's a lot of people on Twitter right now, Ethan, I can already, it's like, I can already hear them. Me too. <laughs> you know, that would think that it's crazy to start Keldon over Jeremy Sohan when literally like what Keldon's going into his fourth, fifth year now. Yeah. This is his fifth, right? He was drafted in 19. Okay. So fourth, fourth year. Fourth, fourth year. Okay. My bad. Right. I just, I, he's still into DeJounte DeRozan era. So I feel like he's been here forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, um, more importantly, completely losing my train of thought. You were saying you could hear Kelvin the Twitter Johnson. mob trying to bite us. And then yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Cause they would think that it's crazy to, to say that you would want to start Keldon over Jeremy. And I understand that if you want to if you want to talk about who has the higher potential over a career, I can totally have a conversation and understand if you say Jeremy Sohan over Kelvin sure. Johnson. But like, you know, if you took away their names, it would be like there is no question who should start or not. If you just put up blank dudes with their and not that stats are everything because they're definitely not the end all be all with a player like Jeremy, especially. But still, for, for the purposes of this conversation, if you put up two blank photos, two different players and their stats, you know, like they do on on uh, stat muse all the time on Twitter, you know, guess the player or which player would you rather have, you know, without knowing who it is, it would it would be a no brainer. Like I, it, I don't even I feel dumb even having the conversation, Ethan. I mean, I shouldn't. That's a bad way to say it. I don't I don't mean God bless everybody. I don't mean any hate. But like when it comes to this one, it's like it's 22 points versus like 12 or 10 or something. Like, I don't even know how much am I am I hating on Jeremy too much with those? No, numbers? Yeah, it's 22 for Keldon and like 12 for Jeremy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And and then on top of the experience factor, you know, and, and so it's just like to me that. But, you know, for whatever reason, there's a part of the Spurs subsect that just do not like Keldon. They just don't think he's it. And they think that he should be traded. Um, and I'm just like, this dude, like you said, is obviously the emotional, like the the vocal leader of the team. And mm-hmm. and they gave him that contract, four years, 80 million. Like, I just don't, I, I understand it is a tradable contract, but I just, it's hard for me to see the logic in how, I just don't see how, even if you think that, how you think that the Spurs are going to do that. Yeah. And to, to push it forward, I mean, just not even talking about Keldon, I do think Jeremy fit-wise would do better than Keldon coming off the bench. That's yes, I agree with that too. That's what I was going to get to, but I was just, I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. No, you're right. It doesn't make sense. Kel- Keldon has... I, I don't I have not heard a valid argument as to why people give him so much hate. They say you, defense, but then they just use like the 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 numbers and I'm like numbers this year defense too. Yeah, there one there's that, but two, you're using the numbers example in like the most statistical anomaly year in the past 20 years for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Keldon's Keldon's defense was better the years prior. Like even if it wasn't crazy, it was still significant. It wasn't like near the bottom of the league like it was last year. And and if you're gonna tell me that it was, then okay, maybe there are some numbers that say that. But I still don't think that this year is an example that you can use. If you want to say that you don't think he got that much, you know, he didn't really improve that much this season and wasn't good defensively you know, his first three seasons, 
then it's like, you know, at that point we probably just, just have a disagreement, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I felt like he, <laughs> he did improve defensively this year when I, you know, just talking about the eye test, like actually watching basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like you said too, I think that the factor you say there, there's a lot of players that just aren't that great at defense that are, you know, key players on certain teams. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the other things that they do on the court, but like, <laughs> and then on top of that, in his end of the year press conference, he says he's going to be working on defense. Like I just also this idea that a 23 year old that just got a four year contract, like under Greg Popovich can't get better defensively, like in the Spurs development system is almost like, how are you a Spurs fan? Like, yeah. do you, like, get like, do you love the Spurs and think that they like are this defensive juggernaut or, mm-hmm. or is, or does that not apply when we're talking about Kelvin? Anyways, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, there's everybody has their you know their their thoughts and their their beliefs i'm not saying it's wrong to think that it's just the the popularity of it and the the amount that it feels like it's amplified on twitter and it might just be that it's twitter too Mm -hmm. um yeah or i guess it's x now (laughs) speaking of that did you even know that i was wondering what the memes are about now okay (laughs) the name's changing Anyways, okay. it's it's good for you, Ethan, for being out of the loop. Um, yeah. But back to Keldon, I, it's just hard for me to to understand, to see their point. I just I could go on and on about this forever. I should probably stop. I think Keldon is going to start too. I think that Jeremy's experience as a sixth man um, with Baylor, um, which I believe we we had a commenter way back in the day mention that, and I kind of shot it down a little bit, and here I am you know, kind of coming around to it. So whoever you are, you remember, and and I'm admitting to it. Um, and, and, and I think also his playmaking off the bench, we'll see where Trey ends up. But if Trey is in the starting lineup, which is probably the most likely thing, um, his playmaking would, would add value off the bench too. Sohan, like, as we've talked about, you know, so much, his development and his potential everywhere, it, that was the thing that we saw this season. So I think that skill set also really helps um or excuse me fits with him coming off the bench because of the fact that he's so versatile in so many areas on top of the Manu comparison from pop what a way to put a bow on it you'd love it let's move to power forwards ethan now this is i think where the interesting questions uh begin and of course the questions that everybody wants to start with and that's a, a conversation regarding victor Wembanyama, ethan we're 30 minutes in and we've like we haven't even really mentioned him how about mm-hmm. that um but Record. i think i think after the summer league um and you can tell me your thoughts on this ethan but i just feel like he's not going to play the five no definitely not i think you need a a not a big, big guy, because Zach Collins is obviously not a, like a thick center. But pause. You need somebody at that center spot to take some of the abuse and physicality away from him. And his skill set, I underestimated how close it really was to Kevin Durant or old school Dirk Nowitzki as far as where they like the ball, how they want to take guys off the dribble, and where they want to score from. Obviously, he still has post-up capabilities, and we saw that. We saw footwork. But at the same time, it's not something that he is his strength yet, especially when he's going up against NBA grown men level defenders. So let's move him to the four, let his skill set shine and 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 protect his body because it is still a skinny frame, yep. even though he has put on some strength. Um, you know, let's give him some time and let and let him not get injured. 
Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I realized when I was editing our last clip, also shout out to y'all on the campaign clip that that got up to a thousand views. Want to mm. say appreciate you guys. I, I realized when I was editing it and, you know, uploading it um, that I said during it, that I, I misspoke and I said, my confidence has only go up, gone up that, that Wemby will not play the four. When I meant to say the five, it was just a, you know, jumble in my head there, misspoke. But that's like a key thing because... That's the one thing if I had a summer league takeaway that kind of going into it, we were kind of tooting the horn for that. As as much as we were talking about how we've kind of backed off of the, the Jeremy starting at point guard and that our confidence has decreased in that. On the flip side, whenever we were talking about that, we were always talking about, you know, when Binyama playing the four in that scenario. And that is something where my confidence has only increased um, with what we saw in summer league. Um, so I'm just really hoping he plays there. I'm pretty sure he's going to. Yep. Um, the only other crazy thing that I think could maybe happen is like if Pop just was like, put him at the three, <laughs> you know, like, could. which, which the thing is he could. Yeah. So that's, I, I'm, I'm not going to just because of the height it, and, and the wingspan, it just seems like the four. So it's, it's like the obvious. That's why we're talking about him in this vein. Um, but that is something that you can at least like, you know, I talked about the 5% potentially happening earlier. That's something that also I feel like it's actually like a realistic possibility with where he's at right now physically. Um, but just to harp on that a little bit, we did that whole video way back in the day, Ethan, um, I say way back in the day, way back in the summer, uh, talking about how many games Wembenyama will play this season. And one of the things that we talked about in that video was how in the stories that we've read, it was like he'd never lifted a weight in his life. That There were like stories about that, obviously. And he, you know, he did the interview where he said people need to skinny up. There have been videos of him coming out of him lifting weights now in an NBA strength program. I don't think that that's, you know, and some people might be like, oh, well, that's a change of tone. He's, I don't think he's extreme lifting. I mm -hmm. think that there's probably just a combination. Well, one, he might have felt a little bit of summer league. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I think they were probably planning on doing that regardless of how summer league went, actually. Agreed. Um, but still, I think that there was definitely probably some conversations between his trainer, who is now on the Spurs payroll, and the Spurs you know, medical training staff that had a plan for him. And I'm sure it was completely collaborated, you know, everything that they're doing, you know, I'm sure it's just the collaboration of all this knowledge that his trainer has on him. And then of course, all of the knowledge that the Spurs have um, with their history managing Timmy, um, you know, I was about to say Kawhi, but like, <laughs> that's obviously a different scenario, but still like that is like, it, there's a lot of injury stuff that the Spurs have had to deal with. Um, during their time um, on top of their just their knowledge of, of an NBA strength program as well. So I think when you mesh those two factors together, um, that's why you're getting a little bit of weight lifting from Wemby. And I'm sure there's a lot more other stuff that will not drastically cause him to put on weight, but will also help him with the physicality, with adjusting to the physicality of the NBA. 1000%. And it helps that Jeremy Sohan might be his backup. Because if things go hay haywire or he's suddenly being pushed around too much, insert Jeremy and Zach and they're gonna they're gonna take care of that. Yeah. And you know, that might be another reason why Jeremy might be the candidate to be off the bench first too, because this is Wembenyama's first NBA season. If the Spurs only think that he's gonna play 50, 60 games, you know, or somewhere in that kind of realm, they're like, okay, well, Jeremy's going to be starting like all the games he's not playing anyway. So mm -hmm. the, the more we're talking about that, it kind of seems like 
Jeremy coming off the bench might be the most likely thing. I don't know if that's going to be the, um, you know, long-term, I don't think that that's going to be the case. Say Wemby really adjusts physically, maybe that ends up being the front court moving forward. But another thing that I do want to touch on just before we get more into the power forwards, Ethan, is I think that there's one other lineup that we haven't talked about that I think could be a potential. Um, And I don't think that this is going to happen, but if there was going to be a scenario where all those guys played in the starting lineup, maybe it's Devin. Devin showed a lot of ball handle at the point guard specifically. Mm-hmm. He Devin showed a lot of ball handling last season on top of his own shot creation. Um, and I mean, he just has the ball in his, in his hands and is dribbling more. You know what I'm saying? So you could put the ball. I, th- I believe he's someone who could take the ball up the court. Um, if you wanted to do a Devin Keldon, Sohan, Wembenyama and Zach lineup. Now, to be honest with you, I don't really, the more I'm talking about, I don't think that would ever start, but maybe there is a chance that you see that, throughout the season if, if Devin's ball handling and his playmaking um, continues to develop. Because mm-hmm. with what I saw from his ball handling last season, that gives me some confidence to believe that Devin could have a little bit more playmaking ability uh, that hasn't been unearthed, or at least we didn't get to see last year You know, in his limited sample size. It's not impossible, and I'll continue to harp on this. There is no guaranteed <laughs> lineup or rotation right. until the season starts. Like We could see some crazy stuff. Where suddenly Reggie Bullock, Chetty Osman, and Campaign are all have significant roles, and we don't right. see an iota of Blake Wesley or Julian Champagny or Mamu or or you know whoever it might right. be, or suddenly Blake Wesley might be the sixth man. He's the first guy coming in off the bench. Like who knows what's going to happen? I don't think anyone does except for Pop, and he might not even know until preseason rolls. Right. Around. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why, and I'm so glad that you said that, Ethan, because that's why I'm bringing up all these mm-hmm. potential different lineups because of the uncertainty with, with the Wembenyama factor. So that's just another one that popped into my brain that could potentially happen. And I think if you guys have been listening to us 37 minutes into this so far, you're starting to see that there's a lot of different options because of the versatility that the Spurs have on their roster. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes... That makes a lot of time for evaluation, like you said, and that makes a lot of tough decisions as well. Um, but it's also a good thing for the Spurs because they can see all these, you know, potential rotations in training camp um, and, yes. and, you know, experiment with them also in, in preseason um, and just figure out what what's best for the team. So it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, but going back to Jeremy Sohan, we've already talked about him a little bit. Uh, You know, I really don't have too much more to say about Jeremy other than just reiterating the fact that he does so many different things on the court. He it feels like he can almost guard one through five, depending on the team that we're playing um, and and the certain matchups. But at least two through four, um, he has playmaking, his shooting we saw what it was at the beginning of the season and where it was at the end of the season, you know, to me gave, gave me a lot of confidence that that can continue to improve. Um, and, and, you know, the scoring at all three levels can improve really last season. It was more at the mid range and, and in the paint. Um, but then on top of that, his playmaking, um, as well as being able to play out of the post, take people off the dribble, bring the ball up the floor, or go, you know, post up on the block. He can just do so many different things that we've mentioned, you know, so many times in, in so many different videos. So, um, you know, we talked about how the 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 shooting guard possession position is the most set. Um, if there's one that has another argument, and really, if there's a position that has the most talent on the team, it's mm. probably this one. 
And we haven't even mentioned Chetty Osman. <laughs> oh, why are you mentioning him before? You know who? Uh, Mamu? Okay, that, that, I'll give you Mamu. Barlow, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, <laughs> Don Barlow, yes, you're right. I forgot all about Mr. Barlow. Mr. League MVP. They literally, I know. You're not wrong about that. Uh, You're not. No, wrong. we actually have. I'm glad we brought this up. For all that jokes aside, there, um, we have a lot of power forwards now. Obviously, Dom will be on a two way. Um, mm-hmm. but you mentioned Mamu, and then who was the other person you mentioned? Chetty Osman, who can play yeah. technically three. Right, four. right, absolutely. He's six seven. Um, Ken Birch. Ken Birch can play five or four. Ken Birch still on the roster, baby. <laughs> oh man, oldest Yo, guy it, too. I think isn't that. I, Oh no, he, he's one year younger than Reggie Bullock. Who's Ken Birch made it longer than Lamar Stevens, man. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he's just a dog, bro. Maybe Dude, he's gonna if, come the next season and, and play. We're saying this, Ken's starting. We've been making fun of him for a whole year. The lineup oh. is Trey, Devin, Keldon, Wembenyama, Birch. <laughs> Oh Birch. my god. <laughs> Birch, please. It was all cap. Pop was just lying just to hide. Oh. He was lying about Zach to hide our secret uh Canadian yep. weapon. I kind of um, hope he plays just so we can say Birch please a lot more. <laughs> that, Birch, no, that would please. be good. That would be good. That would be every good. time. Okay. Um sinners. Now the, the actual position that Ken Birch would play. Mm. Zach Collins and Charles Bassey. Um, not too much to say here either, Ethan, because our last video was exclusively talking about both of them. Um, I'm excited to see Zach continue to get better in the areas he got better in last year, you know, as a passer, as a defender, um, and as a shooter in the mid-range as well as the three-point line. Um mm-hmm. And all the things that that Pop said about him as why he's the five of the future for the Spurs. Um, and then when it comes to Charles, I'm just excited to see him get back on the court. And really, I'm excited. I, I want to see him with Wemby. I want to see him bang uh, down low with whoever, you know, whatever big guy we're having to play. Like if we're playing Nurkic, you know what I'm saying? Or we're yeah. playing Embiid. Like I want to see him do all of the work there. And then just Wembenyama just, you know, on the perimeter, just doing whatever, you know, it taking what the defense gives him. But I want to see, I want to see Charles help Victor, you know? Mm. You know what I think is going to happen <laughs> a lot, actually, the more we, the, when you said that, I could totally see Charles Bassey and Zach Collins putting in 99% of the work to slow those big guys down. And then right as the big guy finally goes up to like with a layup or a hook shot, Wemby just swats it out of the air, and everyone's or, like, "Defensive Player of the Year!" Or, or it's or it's like a rebound, you know, and they're yeah. like battling for position with their life with Zach or Charles, yep. and then it's just eight foot wingspan grab, grabs like <laughs> with, a tennis ball, a, yeah, and he's got like you know uh, Trey Murphy guarding him or something, you know. Yep. And shout out to Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy's just six inches shorter than him. Yep. Like Trey yep. Murphy's a good defender. That's just you know I, he was just a four that came to mind yeah that's um, a good one so yeah i'm excited for both of those guys uh just to see them next to Wembenyama. zach as well um if zach's three-point shooting can continue man you could have a, a twin tower sniper combo you could. instead of instead of like david and timmy you know which was all in the post you could have zach and Wemby, you know shooting the lights out that's ideally that's you know i i just imagine in my head i just have dreams and it's just zach and uh 
Zach and Wemby, and it's just like lasers every time mm. they shoot a three, and it just goes right through the basket. It's just throughout the season, you know. One can only pray and hope, dude. <laughs> I hope that comes true. And you know, I, I hope so too. I don't have anything to add about the centers. I think you hit the nail right on the head with both of those guys at the at the starting and backup center. But I do want to take a poll here. What's the over under okay. on how many fights Zach doesn't start? but finishes because somebody decided to pick on Victor Wembanyama. Ooh, that's a good question. Y'all y'all tell us in the comments below what you think. I'm going with 5. I'm going to go with 5. I'll go I'll go I'll go with 3. Wait. Okay. Mm, no, At no. least 5. 4. 4. 4. Ooh, you're going to do that to me? Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're right okay. in between. All right. I'm thinking 5. Okay. And I'm not talking just like like a little like uh and like No, safe. it's like they did like something they to Wemby. Play. They stopped yeah. play. There's whistles blowing. That's what I'm talking about. Interesting. Interesting. Does it have to be exclusively Zach? Yes. Because I think if we if you want to add Jeremy in there, I'm gonna bump that up to like eight. Okay. I'm just gonna roll with four. I'm gonna stick with four. I'm gonna Five stick for Zach. Five for Zach. Any final thoughts on this roster, Ethan? Candidates for possibly being waived, I would put Kem Birch at number one, followed by Devontae Graham, and then maybe Reggie Bullock, and then Campaign probably, if he's disgruntled about being in San Antonio. Um, Kem Birch for next basketball, uh, or president of basketball operations for the Spurs. I'm with it. To secede pop? Wait. You know, I called him a Canadian <laughs> earlier. Is he even He is. He's okay. Right I w- I wasn't sure if you if I if it was just <laughs> he, he was on the Raptors. Canada, but he did yeah. play. He was he is from Canada. Okay. Saying. Okay. I got that right. I thought so, but I was like he might just play for the Raptors anyways. Um or have played for the Raptors yeah. cuz he's a spur. I don't know how he's lasted this long dude like okay all all all, like show stuff aside that we're sitting here i can't believe it like i'm i'm really honestly surprised every it's it's probably we'll just bring him to training camp and cut him though but it like the fact that we've brought on like multiple other people and cut them in in the interim like when we didn't cut him for for whatever reason like like think about it like we had we had stanley johnson we had, uh, there were some other guys too. There were like some other two-way guys. We had Jordan Hall was another one. I mean. Your I'm favorite forget- player. I'm forgetting some other guys, right? I mean, Isaiah Roby. You see what I'm saying? Like, but Ken Birch has made it, man. He survived mm-hmm. all of it. He's, he's like. There may uh, have been some sort of like injury provision. Wasn't he like hurt a little bit or something? Yeah, I think that he, you're, you're right. You're right. He was on the injury list, I think. But what if it really is just like he's stuck in Canada and that's why they can't cut him? No, he was in San Antonio. He was <laughs> okay. in San Antonio. That's right. I saw that's him. Right. No, that's right. I saw him on the bench too, but there was there was that other guy who was in here recently talking about um Oh know, yeah, he had the, the 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 passport issues. So it's like maybe he's just stuck there. Anyways, we, we gotta think of solutions. He's like the most you know, you were talking about nobody saying anything um about 
campaign or campaign being radio silent on social media. That's that's been the same for Ken Birch. He's just made it through it all. Mm -hmm. Well, campaign hasn't been silent, but he hasn't said anything about this. That's right. That's what I meant to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kim hasn't said anything about SA, at least that I've seen. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. Y'all can correct me on that in the comments. Um, Correct us after you buy some merchandise and that, like subscribe. If you want to criticize us, you have to buy merch. <laughs> Just kidding. All jokes. Oh my gosh. I feel like hmm. I have I have some final thoughts here on this roster, Ethan. Okay. But I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm feeling. It's just I'm I'm interested to see who gets who gets cut. And who doesn't? That's what I would say. I'm just interesting, interested to see how training camp plays out um, if things stay the same. Um, yeah. Last year, NBA... Because we app, had some surprises, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's true. But I was going to say, last year, the NBA app had training camp. Some camps would stream live, like, the entire time. So I'm hoping they do that again, and San Antonio yeah. would pick. Something tells me San Antonio would say no, but still. But see, like the other thing about that, though, the flip side of that is, is the, we have the NBA's golden goose now. We do. So they may force us to do some things. Um, hey, no. So, well, you know, you know what I'm saying? They might be like, we, we want, we I want do. the Victor Wembanyama, you know, we want that training camp. That's, they've been, that he was the biggest promotion on the NBA app all last year. Yeah, true. For the French league season and playoff run. Um, but anyways, that's about all that I have to say on this one, Ethan. I'm excited for training camp. I'm excited to see who makes the rosters, who surprises us and gets cut. We were for sure Romeo Langford was going to get cut. Like we're for sure Kim Birch is going to get cut this season. But maybe Reggie Bullock and, and Shetty Osmond both go and Devontae and Kim survive. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But my point is I bring up the Romeo thing because this was how we were talking about him last year. So yep. who knows? We don't know, and that's why I'm excited to find out. If you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit that like button and that subscribe button below. We appreciate all you guys and all of the support recently. Tell us your thoughts on the comments for each position or just whatever you know piqued your interest the most today as well. And if you want to stay updated with the show, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. Or I need to change this. <laughs> it's X now. Um, give us a follow on X at SSPN on YT at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. Actually, y'all just, y'all, final poll. If you want us to keep calling Twitter, Twitter, which I wouldn't mind, even if it's X now, like if y'all just want us to keep saying Twitter to refer to that, tell us in the comments below because I honestly would prefer to do that because I think it's just kind of ingrained in everybody's mind now as a tweet and, and all that type of stuff. But anyways, go Spurs, go y'all. Let's see what these lineups and, and how the roster is going to fit around Wemby. The countdown continues. You know they're working. You know he's working. He's going zero dark 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will, at least for the next week, Ethan, because once again, we're in the dog days of NBA summer. So we'll be at you every week with some content, making some clips, stuff like that. But at least one podcast every week to keep you guys, uh, you know, your your juices flowing until the season gets started again. And, you know, we'll, we'll have games and, and all that good stuff. <laughs>